Welcome everybody to the ICB News Channel. This is episode four. My name's Rob Marshall and it's absolutely fantastic to have you joining us today, whether you are somebody who owns a, a business somewhere in Australia or perhaps you're, you're one of our ICB members. Maybe you're a bookkeeper who's tuning in for the first time and you're wondering what this is all about. Well, we're going to spend the next 25 minutes or so unpacking a whole heap of stuff that we think is really, really important in the bookkeeping and business world right now, based off our highly valued ICB newsletter, which the February episode has just been released. And I'm really, really pleased to introduce two new voices to the podcast. We've got Simone Emmett, who will be joining us, who is the editor of the ICB newsletter. And we've also got Pauline Walton, who is our senior support supervisor, and uh, she'll be bringing us some really, really important information for you to be across as well. But first of all, let's call in Simone. Simone, uh, welcome to the ICB News Channel. Hi, Rob. Thanks for having me today. Looking forward to it. It's an absolute pleasure to have you, and you're a very important piece in this cog because... You are the, uh, the the newsletter editor, and uh, I just thought for a few moments, maybe just tell the listeners a little bit about how our ICB newsletter comes together each month and uh, and the processes surrounding that. Yeah, well, Bob, the newsletter process evolves from looking at various sources from the ATO, our fair work, our members, our network meetings, um, our support lines. I work closely with the entire ICB team to try and come up with topics that are trending that, that can help our members throughout the month to, with all the topics that they need to get through and understand all the new processes that are in play at the moment. Yeah, and it is very much a team effort. Um, so much of it uh, revolves around you as the editor, but the reliance on everybody pretty much at the ICB to provide that information and also we'll call out, as you've just said, our members and uh, the feedback that we get through network meetings, et cetera, our close relationships with the ATO and Fair Work are really, really important and allow us to be able to provide cutting edge information uh, as it comes to, to being and makes it a value add, we believe, to the bookkeeping community here in Australia. Let's call in Pauline now. Pauline, uh, welcome to the ICB News Channel. Thanks, Rob. Always enjoy doing these these types of things and getting out there to the members and the public. Thanks for having me. Pauline's a regular for our ICB uh, members in particular on our technical webinars and we're going to be focusing on one of the newsletter items shortly that uh, sort of calls out uh, some of those recent webinars. But Pauline, more importantly, I think at the moment with regards to the production of the newsletter is the resources that go into those newsletters. Do you want to tell us a little bit about how that comes about each month? Yes, Rob. Look, we're very lucky to have a very dedicated team as part of the ICB support team. And what happens is we keep an ear on what's going on. We look at different industry type things that are happening out in our world and make sure that we keep up to date and hopefully ahead of a lot of the issues that are going on there. We also have the practical type of um, resources that will help the everyday bookkeeper when it comes to payroll, if it comes to a bookkeeping situation or a particular industry type. And we, as a team, we get together, discuss, and then we make sure that we um, can keep every, all our members and, and public up to date with those sort of that sort of information. Exactly. So we're, we're really excited. Uh, well, I'm really excited to have you guys joining us today. And let's get into some of those subjects right now. So the first topic that we want to get into that was featured in uh, the February newsletter of the ICB 
is on page seven and it refers to the removal of the $450 per month threshold for super guarantee eligibility. Now, this is a big one. This is a really big one. If you're tuning in and you're a business owner, if you're not across this, this is this is a huge change. So just to give you some background, back on the 11th of May 2021, as part of the 21-22 federal budget, the Australian government announced it was going to remove the $450 per month threshold, mainly to expand the coverage of super guaranteed to eligible employees regardless of what their monthly pay was. So calling this out, effectively making it that the SG, the superannuation guarantee, would be from dollar one. Now, that was back in May last year. The law has just passed. So with royal assent on the 22nd of February 2022, this is now law and comes into play as of the 1st of July. So what, what does this mean for all of us, whether you're an employer or you're a bookkeeper working with employers? So from the 1st of July 2022, employers will be required to make super guarantee contributions to their eligible employees super fund, regardless of how much the employee is paid. So that's from that dollar one that I just spoke about in a, a moment ago. We need to note that employees must still satisfy other super guarantee eligibility requirements, and I'm going to come back to that in a moment with Simone. But the ATO have given a guarantee that they're going to be working with digital service providers or DSPs, as we call them. In other words, the software companies that all of us use and work with on a daily basis to assist them in updating their payroll and accounting software to be ready for this change. So we're only... We're only months away from this and so there's a bit to, to, to be done there. Having said that, a lot of the accounting software packages that uh, most of us use on a daily basis already have quite an easy solution to this and uh, depending on which one you use, uh, MYB, for example, has already got the facility to change that 450 uh, threshold fairly easily. Employers will need to check their payroll and accounting systems have been updated for super payments made after 1 July. So don't jump the gun and change it prior to the 1st of July. Uh, you need to make sure you ensure that there's correct calculations from 1 July 2022 onwards. And as I mentioned, uh, some softwares will be implementing a process around this. Others will just send out information as to how to easily adapt what you are already working with. And finally, the ATO will continue to update their advice and guidance, including online tools and calculators by the 1st of July 2022 to ensure that you are ready for this change. But Simone, I mentioned earlier that um, employees still have to satisfy some super guarantee eligibility requirements. Do you want to further expand on that in particular? Uh, yes, Rob, just um, mainly for the under-18s, looking at the uh, ATO guidelines, under-18s are still required to meet the working conditions such as the 30-hour working week. Um, as far as we can see from the ATO, that, that that eligibility criteria has not changed. Just clarifying that that's still 
in in law. Yeah, so we, we're very careful to point out that whilst this seems like a blanket change, there's still some things that you need to be across and unpack and we reference um, some of the resources in our newsletter that you can follow through on and make sure that you are right across this and no doubt this will continue to evolve a little bit over the coming months. But generally across the board, the main call out here is the law has now changed. It's in place. Royal Assent has happened. And as of 1 July this year, that $450 per month threshold for super guarantee eligibility is uh, changed to effectively $1. So the next part of the newsletter that we want to closely examine as part of the ICB News Channel today is um, for those who are engaging with the ICB member newsletter. It's on page eight. And that is the section that we've written around how to engage with a client. Now, this is an interesting one because if you're tuning in today and and you aren't necessarily a bookkeeper as such or working with clients as such, but you're more of a small business owner working with a bookkeeper, uh, you're going to sort of get a double whammy here because you're going to get some insights into a little bit of how we, the ICB, the Institute of Certified Bookkeepers, advise our members, our bookkeeper members, how to deal with small business. So a little bit, little bit of a two-way street here, I reckon. So Pauline, you've um, been closely involved with a series of webinars around this and we call that out in the newsletter that uh, members in particular can go and have uh, a look at recordings and engage with those. But uh, I just want to pick up on a few of the main points that came out of the article in the newsletter. And the first one is, how many steps do you think are involved when engaging with clients? Rob, it's a good question because everyone immediately thinks when you're engaging with a client, it's just that initial contact that you have with a client. When in reality, there's a lot of different steps that, that go, you go through the process to actually do that engagement. So all up, as far as ICB are concerned, we believe there's seven steps that you should be following um, when you're actually looking at that initial engagement right up until the final engagement when dealing with clients. Mm. So do you want to sort of outline what those steps are? Yes. So obviously the first step is going to be that introduction to the client. So you have either had a phone call or you've arranged a meeting to meet up with a possible new client and you need to make sure that you um, follow the steps to go that. Once you've done that, you really need to be learning a little bit about the clients, reviewing them, looking into some history possibly if you can, that sort of thing. And then the, the big step for a lot of us is that actually agreeing on the work that you're going to do for the client, having the conversations and such to actually get to agreeing on that work. Then you have the finding the reality, which anyone that's been there would understand sometimes the discussion and the reality can be two totally different things. And sometimes it's it's bliss and other times it can be absolutely diabolical. Mm -hmm. So, you know, that that's another step that we need to look at. And then you've got whether or not you can perform the work that is being asked of you to do for the particular client. And then looking at those periodic reviews that you need to be doing with a client. And then ultimately, the last form of engagement is losing the engagement, mm -hmm. how you deal with that and that sort of thing. So what are the types of things that a bookkeeper can do to us help with aspects of engagement with a client? Okay, so when you when you look at the introduction, which is obviously the, the biggest part because if you don't get this right, then you're not going to get any clients effectively. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> so it is, is definitely <laughs> the big one. Um, so look, 
you may initially get that first phone call or you may have already had something planned to actually get together and speak with a client, meet with a client. So the first thing that we always recommend is use a checklist. Have a checklist by your phone. So if you get that random phone call um, and you're in the middle of something, your head's out of the space, you can quickly look down and ask those initial questions that you want to be asking. So have those sort of processes in place. If you're meeting with the client or doing a Zoom, again, make sure that you've got all the information there that you need, um, such as identifying the client and be ready to actually have that initial conversation with them. Once you've had the initial conversation and gone through all that, one of the things they're going to ask you straight up in most cases is how much do you charge? Mm, You know, that's usually, if anything, that's the first cab off the rank as such. Don't you think, Rob? Yeah, the difficult question. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) We sort of say if you can, avoid it initially. Mm, Talk mm -hmm. about the work. Talk about what review. The second step is reviewing. Review what the client actually wants you to do and the type of work that's going to be involved in that. And then also go and have a look at the client's history. Maybe look at them on Credit Watch. Make sure that they're a client that hasn't got any issues paying people, that sort of things, because you want to make sure that you're going to get paid. And then the third step is agreeing on the work. So once you you think, yep, this sounds like it could be a good mix, what is the work that we're going to do? Have the conversations, make all the notes. Don't agree on engagement in the first instance. Suggest that you come back once you've put together a a list of a letter of engagement as such is really important. So once you're at that point where you feel you're ready to go ahead, make sure that you arrange another meeting or phone call or Zoom and actually get a letter of engagement ready to go with all of the things that you've discussed. So it covers off on those important things such as deadlines, um, rate of pays once you've gone through all that with them and everything is in there so that come the time of actually taking them on, you're both on the same page, which... I think you'd agree, Rob, is really important in today's world because people are very quick to come back if they're not happy. And if you don't have, or if they feel you've, you charge more than they've agreed upon, if it's in in that sort of thing, in that sort of letter and engagement, then effectively <clears throat> you're going to um, have it there for those situations. And look, yeah, I totally agree. And, and certainly, again, we've possibly got some listeners tuning in who are on the other side of the coin. They are the client. It's just as valuable for you as it is for the bookkeeper, that letter of engagement, so that everybody's on the same page. Everybody has got an understanding of what's going to be performed, how much it's going to cost, and we can, both parties then can move forward confidently and with success. So that letter of engagement is really, really something that uh, the Institute recommends, especially for the bookkeepers tuning in, that you have in play when it comes to your clients. So just finally, the, in the, uh, the article, uh, we mentioned, well, is there ever an ideal way to break an engagement with a client? You know, the, the people listening in right now who are clients are saying, well, we don't want to break our engagement. <laughs> we like our bookkeeper. So, well, if there is a breaking of an engagement, is there an ideal way to do it? Look, I think there is. And quite often, and sometimes it's that transition. Someone's going into retirement and it's a happy breakup. Yeah. Um, and, and, and other times it's an unhappy one. With the unhappy ones, you still need to say, stay professional. It's really important that you don't blast away that email. So what you want to be doing is making sure that you send a letter to the client. And we have templates that help with this, same as we have templates with the other areas. A letter to the client advising them that you're going to be terminating your engagement with them. We have a letter saying a client closure letter, so that keeps it um, professional. And then offer to do a handover checklist. 
you know, if they're really mad and angry with you, they may not want to do that, but at least make the offer and tell them that the offer is there if they decide, if they change their mind. And we have a template that actually helps with that as well. And it just makes that transition professional, even though sometimes on either side, there may be some angst. Brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. So um, again, if you uh, haven't tuned into that article in our ICB newsletter, we strongly recommend you do and engage with um, the conversation uh, with your clients. If you are a bookkeeper, if you're a client, like I keep saying, listening in or you're a business owner that's working with a bookkeeper or looking to work with a bookkeeper, there's some great insights in there for you to understand how the two-way relationship can work and work really successfully together. Thanks, Pauline, for that. So the next uh, part of the the newsletter that we want to examine, this is in the ICB uh, newsletter for our members, is the section on e-invoicing, something that's very much on the lips of many uh, businesses right now, although you might be not quite across what it's all about, and that's why we want to put a little bit of a lens on it right now. Um, and certainly we believe at the Institute that moving forward, this is going to become an increasing uh, demand, you might say, or an increasing innovation that certainly the ATO uh, are really starting to put a heavy emphasis on. So uh, let's let's talk a little bit about what is e-invoicing, or more particularly, let's talk about how we currently generally do our invoicing in business. So we have the scenario where you may well be the supplier, the supplier of um, goods or supplier of services, or perhaps you deal with the supplier. So you are the customer. So this can work two ways. Um, But in particular, at the moment, it's dealing predominantly as you, the customer, and the supplier providing goods to you. So at the moment, the supplier creates the invoice. Generally, that's created as a PDF, that will then be attached in an email and sent to to you potentially. And then once you've received the email, then the process of rekeying that data um, commences. And of course, ultimately your software then reflects that purchase from that supplier. So it's quite laborious. We've all experienced that moment where, you know, the supplier rings and says, you haven't uh, paid our invoice and you go, well, I haven't received the invoice or when you take a closer look, it maybe went to your junk email or whatever it might be. The idea of e-invoicing is to completely break that whole creation of the PDF, attach it to an email, send it, receive it, rekey it. It is a direct straight from the supplier, the creation of the e-invoice and the receipt at the other end of the software and the effective um, keying of the data automatically based off the receival of that invoice. So it's really exciting. Um, This is something, like I said, the ATO are really putting a heavy emphasis on. Uh, There is a feeling that this will solve a lot of issues around supply and payment um, that quite often crops up and uh, affects the ATO in many respects. Um, But Simone, I thought I'd pass over to you and you can maybe give us a few more insights into the e-invoicing process, bearing in mind too for our members tuning in this is a huge. This will be a huge emphasis for us moving forward, and we have a number of uh, tech webinars planned over the coming months around e-invoicing. But Simone, maybe give us a bit of an insight in particular into where the software programs are at with that right now. 
Many of the larger software programs are beginning to implement this. Um, um, our resource that's currently on in the newsletter talks through some of the major software players that are how to implement this and how to um, work through the business to business interchange. From my understanding, um, it works across different software. So if your supplier is using a completely different software, it will still match the data. Um, it uses ABNs as identifiers. So if you if you matching your ABNs correctly within your software, you shouldn't have any problems matching up the invoices. It still involves human approval of the invoice, so that it's not automatically just putting it into the system and there's these invoices that you don't know about. It actually requires the bookkeeper to go in and approve the invoice. Yeah, so there's a little bit to unpack here, but the resource, or sorry, the article in our newsletter really explains it quite well. There's a number of diagrams. I'm really encouraging, especially our, our members, if you haven't invested in having a look at that article in the newsletter, that you do so sooner rather than later. And we will be doing a lot of follow-up on this because it is an, a, a really important piece that the ATO are making a bit of a noise about. And uh, we will be making sure that you are, are across this moving forward, especially throughout 2022. I think, um, Simone, it's probably the, the biggest call out in this newsletter, although, you know, we don't want to diminish any of the articles, of course, but that's probably the number one article in the newsletter. Would I be right? Yeah, definitely the number one article. We've gone to great lengths to explain um, the ATO's, ATO's point of view. Um, the benefits for business are incredible in terms of automation of invoice processing, eliminates paper invoices, um, can increase turnover and imp improve cash flow quite phenomenally. So I think it's a really important thing for, for businesses to really take on board. Yeah, and I think that's, that is exactly the reasons why the ATO are putting a bit of noise behind this and we suspect in time, we won't put a timeline on it, but in time this is going to become almost a, a mandatory piece within the bookkeeping space. And for small business, the, it is a win-win. So uh, well done on that article and I'd encourage again, those who haven't read it, get your head inside it and have a good read. So I'm going to call Pauline back in at this point. Um, just to finish off with a couple of things uh, right now that are are relevant in our world of the Institute of Certified Bookkeepers. Our summit has just kicked off um, around Australia and I know Pauline has uh, uh, been part of that uh, delivery process as, as well uh, already, sorry. Uh, one of the things that we called out in the last episode of the ICB News Channel is that we've taken a leap of faith and we're going face-to-face -face around Australia and so far so good, Pauline, and uh, we're uh, really looking forward to spending uh, some time face-to-face -face with members moving forward and I know you've already experienced that, Pauline. Oh, Rob, it was so wonderful. <laughs> and all the members enjoyed it. So um, I can get, I can assure you all that the team members are really looking forward to it. And I've, I've been the lucky one to have the first benefit of that um, in Hobart. It was, it was fantastic. Yes, and a big shout out to all our friends down in Hobart right now. And we're glad that you got to experience that. And look, the last thing I want to call out, it's not in our newsletter, but it has previously been in our newsletter and we certainly have um, had a number of um, uh, webinars in particular calling out the changes to do with stapled super funds. We'd encourage you to, if you still haven't got your head inside that, to go back and have a look at some of the resources on our website, www.icb.org.au, www.icb.org.au. 
get on that site, check out about stapled super funds. And I'm going to call out a, uh, another podcast, uh, the ATO's podcast called Tax Invoice. Their most recent episode in the, just released is got a heavy focus on the stapled super fund uh, process and understanding that. So along with the ICB resources, working alongside the ATO, we hope that we've got that well and truly covered for you. And uh, I'd encourage you to tap into that uh, great podcast put out by the ATO, Tax Invoice. Tune into it, folks. So that's sort of going to bring us to an end for this episode. It's great that you've been able to join us. I've been absolutely thrilled to have uh, my partners in crime here today. Simone, thanks for joining us today. Thanks, Rob. It's been lovely to be here. Thank you. And Pauline, great to have you as well. Thanks, Rob. Same as Simone. Always, always good to be here. And we look forward to you joining us again next time on the next episode of the ICB News Channel, Episode 5. And uh, we hope that you have an amazing month ahead. See you soon. Bye.